What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter. He's Dale Lolly. Uh, we are here bringing you your weekly show on the Steelers in the middle of the week. Um, now, we got some news to actually talk about that's pretty that's pretty cool. But Before it's not- we get to that, Chris, I just wanted to whoa. mention that, uh, whoa. that yesterday, the, uh, the Groundhog, uh, yesterday was Groundhog Day. Yes. And the Groundhog did indeed see his shadow. Yeah. Which means six more weeks of uh, Steelers fans bitching about the season. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I usually think it just means lots more snow, but there you go. And that's that's kind of what this sec- segment is <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I get it. I get it. They're fans and they care. That's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but holy mackerel. Uh, it's just beating the same drum over and over and over again. I, I would think people would have something – more constructive to do with their time, but what do I know? Hey, hey, well, that's that's actually what we're going to talk about. It, that's, we, that's, we, do. <laughs> we do, and it's, it's that's the stuff that makes this job fun sometimes is that you get to talk to people, and sometimes they don't want to hear you, but sometimes you get the people who disagree with you, but they come out of it like, all right, I learned something, I shared these th- things with you, we'll see how this plays out, and then we'll talk about it later. I've had several of those conversations with several subscribers to the DKPittsburghSports.com who, you know, I still talk with, you know, you know, throughout the year, so that's always fun. But what we're talking about here, where, where Dale was coming from on this point, is that with the Steelers announcing the promotion of Adrian Clem to the team's offensive line coach, there was a sharp reaction from a lot of people on the Internet. Uh, um, some Steelers fans, some Steelers bloggers saying, oh, this was just a lazy hire. They didn't put any actual work into it. Oh, there was the theory that nobody wanted the job as if that's a thing in the NFL. Um and that they couldn't get anybody, so they just brought this guy up, that he's a nobody, and that you know he doesn't know. Like This is, this is just more of the same. The offensive line is just going to perpetually stick. So that was the general reaction. You know, Dale was reporting on it. You know, People have talked about it here and there. But I think it's interesting when you, Dale, when you get to the comments from Steelers linemen who know him, and not just current, but former Steelers linemen, uh, because uh, Clem joined the team in 2019. Uh, Zach Banner tweets out, who's a free agent right now. Um, he says, y'all don't know Clem. We do, and that's all that matters. And then Ramon Foster, who's with us at DKPittsburghSports.com, uh, said, no lie, Clem is the, in capital letters, best option. Having been around him, he's a guy who gets it and knows how to challenge everyone in the room with, with an ego removed. He's a solid, solid hire with the room transitioning soon. He's the guy for the job. I co-sign this. Again, that's Ramon Foster. Dale. I'm going to just skip past the part where we where we know that 90% of the people tweeting about Adrian Clem being a bad hire probably didn't even know his name beforehand. But I wanted to give you a chance just to get your say in on where this is and what what the reaction should be if you're if you're see, if you're reading this hire. Um you know I think let's put it this way. If they had hired Adrian Clem this year if he were coming straight from UCLA, which was his last job before the Steelers, would people have a different feeling about it? Would they would they then say, "Oh, okay, well they hire he's he's from outside the organization." Yeah. Um, you know, he's been here for two seasons. So, you know, to say that this is more the same, it's much the same way with the Matt Canada hiring. Matt Canada has been with the team for one season. So, these are quote-unquote outside hirings. In fact, there is an outside chance, maybe maybe people might want to realize this that quite potentially these hires were made with this kind of with these kind of moves in mind. Like, okay, we think when we hire this guy, we think he might be able to be 
the head guy at these, uh, he either might be able to be the offensive coordinator or he might be able to be the offensive line coach down the road. We want to, we want to bring him in, 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 in these, uh, you know, in these lesser positions, uh, you know, and, and get him entrenched in the Steeler way. And then we can possibly move him up, you know, up the ladder uh, at some point in the future. So there's some of that. I, I think people get too caught up. First of all, I've seen it thrown out there. They couldn't, as you mentioned, they couldn't find anybody to take the job because the Steelers don't pay for their for their offense or, or their uh, their assistant coaches. Well, that's not true, right? Uh, is it a fact that the Steelers have one of the lowest payrolls for their coaching staff in the league? Yes, mm-hmm. or assistant coaching staffs, I should say. It's also true they have one of the smallest assistant coaching staffs in the league. Mm-hmm. So therefore, they would have one of the small one of the smaller payrolls when it comes to. Uh, you know, the, the, the staff. Mm-hmm. I also say this, a team that has fewer coaches than the Steelers. Because I actually looked this up during the season last year. I can't, I think, or maybe two years ago, the Steelers were playing the Rams. And the Rams had like 29 assistant coaches. And so I'm like, that's that's a lot. And mm-hmm. so I went and looked and, and what the Steelers had. And they don't have the fewest in the league. You know who does? Who? The New England Patriots. Aha. Uh-huh. If I so, thought that's where you're going with this. It, it's not a situation where, I, I, to me, I think you can get too many cooks in the in the kitchen when it comes right. to assistant coaches. Do you really need when you're when you're? Do you really need a coach for every two players on the on your roster? Do you really need a passing game coordinator, a run game coordinator, an offensive coordinator? Uh, you know all these all these different jobs uh, when when you have all these other guys who are capable of doing these things. So uh, you know. I don't. I can't tell you one way or the other. I've seen Adrian Clem working with some of the young guys. I've seen Adrian Clem during practice. Obviously, he's only been here for two years. I, it's like the Matt Canada hire. I watched practice this year, but I didn't have the opportunity to get down on the field like I, I would have at training camp or if this right. were a normal season. So I can't tell you one way or the other whether this this is a great hire or not. Um, but you know, I, to to just pan it automatically because well he's been here that that to me is ridiculous and see that that's where i agree with you entirely it's just the it was the same thing i said with canada is that if he's here if he's been here for just one year especially with being new to the nfl as a coach that makes them a new a new coach in this situation and it's funny for years i remember hearing all the time that you know, the problem with the Steelers was that they keep getting all these older coaches to work with Mike Tomlin and they're not getting these new, innovative young minds. Well, here are Matt Canada and Adrian Clem. And, and, and now all of a sudden it's like, well, wait a minute, they needed to go get some guys that have done this before. And, you know, people think that Mike Munchak's grow on trees and, and that they can just they can print them. Well, I, I, I'll say this. I, I thought really when they hired Matt Canada as their offensive coordinator, um, would it have made some sense to hire uh, a veteran offensive line coach? Mm-hmm. In, in, in a lot of ways, yes, because mm-hmm. you need a, a more veteran, you know, s- some guys who've been around the league a little bit. They did get that hire with the tight ends coach. They got a guy who's been in the NFL for 20 years. So, you you know, you still have some veteran presence in that group. They're still going to hire a, quor- a quarterback's coach. That guy right. could, could have, you know, it could be Hugh Jackson, could be, you know, any number of guys that they've already interviewed. So we'll we'll see what what comes out of that. I I I do believe you need a mix of old and young in that room uh, because you know they ha- they can fall back on well what if we try this well we did this you know in in 2012 against Kansas City and this worked or that worked or they tried this against us and this is what we did to you know to counteract it. Uh, I think it does help to have that 
that veteran presence in that room. But it doesn't need to be all old guys or all young guys. I, I think you find the right mix. Right. And uh, speaking of young guys, you mentioned earlier how, you know, you know that Clem did work with some of the younger younger coaches. Now, Trey Essex, uh, a former Steelers offensive lineman, uh, who you included this tweet in your article on DKPittsburghSports.com on this hire. Uh, Trey Essex said that, uh, and this is right from his Twitter account, the assistant offensive line coach often works closely with the rookies throughout the week while the offensive line coach gets the starters ready for the game. Dotson's performance this year without training camp should give you confidence in Coach Clem's potential. And, and again, this isn't saying that Clem is a slam dunk hire and that they're about to be the best offensive line in football, but it's saying, hey, there are some there are there is merit to this hire within the organization. And again, they're the Steelers. They're not they're not some you know just organization that just makes wild hires left and right and has guys talking about biting kneecaps in their opening press conferences. This is they, they've been known for making you know just strong decisions. And hey, everyone misses on a hire hit, hit here and there. It happens. It happens to everybody. But. They are re- they are reasoned and they and they weigh they weigh their decisions and they go into things having taken good measure before they make those decisions. So I just I have a hard time seeing this as a oh this they they were lazy they they just they just did this because they had no other options or because they didn't look they didn't feel like looking around. No, they thought this guy and again this guy was a uh, you know a, a second round pick of an offensive lineman himself. He was a three time Super Bowl champion with the Patriots. Like he knew what it was like to be in the NFL. He came, he, le- he left it and he came and now he's back as a coach. I think this is just another wait and see situation because again, uh, you know, and you and I talked about this during the season. I don't know how well Mike Munchak would have done with this year's offensive line with the way that Alejandro Villanueva and uh, you know other guys were playing. So, um, you know, it, it's it's going to be about who the Steelers invest in to work, uh, you know, for uh, for for Clem to work with on the offensive line, not necessarily just about this hire when we're when we're talking about the Steelers in September and October and November. Yeah, this is going to be a different job as opposed to to what uh, you know Sean Surrett took over a, a veteran offensive line group that knew what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is a situation where you're going to be bringing in some new guys, and you expect there to be some some on the job training. So I, I think it is you know more somewhat valuable to have a guy who's been there and, and played in the NFL and has some ideas about that. So I, I don't know. Uh, again, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to pan the move, uh, you know, saying, well, this, you know, like some people have, I'm also not going to sit here and say, well, this was the right guy to, 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 to bring into this job. I don't know. I'm willing to find out though. I'm willing to watch and see. I know Mike Tomlin is, it, it, you know, people who think there are no repercussions with these things uh, are, are, are dead wrong. Uh, you know I mean? Right. Guys get fired. This mm-hmm. is their livelihood. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll see what happens with this. We certainly will. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we want to flip to the other side of the ball and start talking about the defensive line and what moves need to be made moving forward. What's in that conversation? Find out after this. here on the Lolly Carter Steelers show on the DK Podcast Network. I'm Chris Carter. He's Dale Lolly. We're talking about, we just talked about Adrian Clem and the new hire for the Steelers offensive line coach. Now I want to look at the defensive line, particularly, of course, the interior defensive lineman situation. Because Dale, going into this next season, 
two of the Steelers' highest four-paid play, players, according to the uh, according to their cap numbers, uh, this year are, are right now uh, Stephon Tuitt at fourteen point nine million dollars against the cap, and Cameron Hayward at fourteen point five million against the cap. And of course, the Steelers are happy to have both of them, but the issue then goes behind them because right now, as it stands, Tyson Alulu is set to go into free agency. And there is still there is certainly a question mark at depth at that position because you know I think that Steelers fans may forget what it was like before they got Javon Hargrave and then they then they had Tyson Alulu back in the days when they needed Cam Thomas to be the first guy off the bench at defensive tackle slash you know interior defensive lineman. What do you see as the outlook for the team because we know that their cap space is tight and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things that you have to uh, that they have to worry about. Well, first of all, the, both of those cap numbers for Cam Hayward and Stefan Tuitt will be renegotiated down. Um, they'll, they will adjust those salaries. Um, that can easily be done, and that'll clear, you know, I think it's uh, right around $10 million in cap space. So it's not going to be that big of a deal. Um, I expect them to re-sign Tyson Alou-Alou, even He's 34 years old. He's not going to get uh, a major offer out on the free agent market. I'm pretty sure he doesn't want to move at this point in his career move on he's comfortable here so you can get the, that starting three back uh pretty pretty easily uh and actually a savings uh for 2021 um to me i would look to the draft to try to find a guy um you know it, it, when you know at this point to it is now the young guy at 27 you need to start replenishing that uh and it's not isaiah bugs and it's you know it's, it, we'll see about some of these other guys, but I don't I don't I don't see Bugs being a guy who is who is some kind of potential you know starter in waiting or something like like that. Can he be a depth piece? Sure. Um, you know they've they've moved on from the Daniel McCullers and guys of that of that ilk, uh, but you, you know you still need to keep adding young defensive linemen to that uh, to that equation. Whether that be a you know it's it's not going to be a first round draft pick, but certainly you know and this isn't a great year for defensive linemen. Um, but you can find guys, especially guys to play in that three, four style defense, um, you know, keep adding bodies to that. And, and you know, maybe you find the next uh, Aaron Smith. Maybe you find the next Brett Kiesel. Uh, you know, those guys were, were fourth and seven round, seventh round draft picks. It doesn't need to be a first round draft pick every time. I mean, heck, Javon Hargrave was a third round draft pick and and, right. and, and he ended up netting, you know, helping net you uh you know, a, uh, I believe, I believe what we're still, I guess, wait, I think they're still waiting for we'll the find out. The it looks pick. like it's probably going to be at least a fourth round, a, at least a fourth round. Yeah. Right. So like you got four good years out of that guy and now you're getting an extra comp pick off of him. So like, you know, you're not always going to get the guy that sticks around forever, but you can replenish this group, which is what I think they'll need to do. Um, and we'll talk more about this eventually on our NFL draft show, which comes out on Saturdays on the DK podcast network. Just talk about who they should draft. But I absolutely agree with you. This is, you know, this is a group where, where you're you're a little top heavy right now on the roster. Signing Tyson Alulu to a cheap deal would make the most sense to give you some more depth there. And um and, and Dale Dale would agree with me in saying that it's not just about the three four. It's finding you know a, another you know making sure that there's a second group of two interior defensive linemen to line up when the Steelers come out in their in their nickel and dime packages so that they can have fresh legs you know, generating pressure up the middle and stopping the run. Um, so, you know, you want a guy that can, that can play, 
you know, you know, on a four man front playing that, that sort of defensive tackle spot. Um, and, and, and Dale's right. You look at, you look at the, this draft, it's not, you know, riddled with superstars over, over all over the place. If you look at, uh, some of the prospect rankings, some of the, the picks for interior defensive linemen don't even start really getting talked about until the second round this year. Um, um, but you know, with that, you might be able to find some steals, and uh, and, and I think that there's also going to be you know some guys that maybe go higher or go lower because they opted out. You know, when one name I'm thinking, of course, is Jalen Twyman for Pitt. Now, Kevin Colbert has said, Dale, they won't. The Steelers are going to prioritize guys that they have seen recently. Um, they're not. They're you know they're not you know they're they're looking at the guys as much that didn't play this year. Um, uh, but I think that this could be an area where you're like saying, hey, let's see more of an investment to see maybe in the middle rounds we maybe you snag that interior defensive lineman that helps you in the in the next few years yeah and you know i think you do have to to balance that win now mentality with you know getting guys who are going to help you in the future and i think that's what you do with some of those later draft picks um you know whether you may not expect these guys to come in and 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 play right away maybe you can get something out of them uh you know as a rookie but we'll see uh, but you do have to I, – I think in this draft in particular, uh, we could see the Steelers take three 300-pounders or three mm-hmm. guys who are in that 300-pound range, whether they be offensive or defensive linemen. You need to keep building uh, that offensive and defensive line. I agree. You got to win the war in the trenches. That's something that, you know, in the old in the old Steelers, you know, you know, days of the way people think about the Steelers, that's where the Steelers would make their would make their money. And, uh, you know, throughout the, mid, the middle 2010s, the offensive line was, you know, arguably the best in the league, easily top five in the league for several years. Um, and now the defensive front is, you know, is a huge calling card for the Steelers. Uh, so there's definitely needs to be an investment. Uh, we know the offensive line's a key there, but they got to get guys that are going to be young and coming up soon. Um, guys that you could develop to say, hey, you know, in a few years when Cam Hayward is at the end of his career, you know, then you're then maybe you have a guy that you're saying, hey, well, maybe they've stepped up, and it might not be the first shot. But again, we're not talking about a first round draft pick bust like Ziggy Hood. We're talking about, hey, maybe you took some some shots in the second, third, fourth, and fifth rounds, and if you get two of those guys to to hit over the next three, four years, then you have potential replacements lined up and you have death piece line, but death pieces lined up. So that, that's why I wanted to bring this up, Dale, is because people, I, I always find that fans of teams and, and not just Steelers fans, but fans of all teams kind of get complacent with a position when they start to see, when they, when they get comfortable with the guys playing there. And for the past few years, Steelers fans have been really happy with Cameron Hayward and Stefan to it. And, and of course, Javon Hargrave and Tyson Alulu made people happy this year, but this could be quickly become a problem. If, uh, if if an injury happens and the Steelers don't have a guy behind them, which is why I do think it's important for them to look into this position uh, in this offseason. Yeah, I agree. You have to keep, uh, you know, you have to keep a strength of strength. And that would be uh, part of the equation here is keeping that offensive line a strength or defensive line of strength. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. Absolutely. Well, that's what we have for you for you today on the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast on the DK Podcast Network. Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate you guys for being with us. If you're not subscribed to the DK Podcast Network, please get on it. We are at Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere podcasts are hosted. Leave us a five-star review with a positive comment. Doing those really help out the program. We've got a lot of great content for you this week. We've got some pit, a pit show coming out tomorrow. We've got lots of Penguins talk and, and uh, you know, Penn State talk coming your way all this week on the DK Podcast Network. Dale and I will be back, be back in your ear Saturday talking about the NFL Draft.